Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Are you ready? Six of you are ready. That's encouraging. Come on, are you ready? All right. Here we go. Now in the sixth month, we're in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice. Say rejoice. Come on, say it like you're happy. Say rejoice. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Stop there for a minute. This angel has come with a message to Mary. Notice that the first thing that the angel declares over Mary's life as Mary's about to embark on probably one of the craziest, most exciting, most scary journeys and seasons of her whole entire life, the angel of God comes to declare a promise over her life. Notice that the angel doesn't come to explain the plan of what this next season is going to look like. That would be very, very handy for Mary in that moment, wouldn't it? A plan would have really helped her a lot. Because we know the story. We know her life is about to get real crazy. But the angel doesn't come with a plan. The angel comes with a promise. How many know that in order for you to be what God has called you to be, you have to not look for a plan, but you've got to know what it is to hold on to a promise. Because sometimes plans can change depending on what's going on in our life and seasons we're in. Plans can take a left turn very quickly when we thought it was going to go right. But if you've got a promise from God that you can stand on and that's founded in the Word of God, you will remain steadfast in the middle of crazy plans. The angel come and says, I've got a promise for you. You are highly favored. Say, I have. Say it like you believe it. Say, I have favor. He comes and says, you are highly favored. Goes on and says, the Lord is with you. I have favor. He is with me. And I am blessed. Say that with me. It can make you feel good. Trust me. I have favor. He is with me. I am blessed. Say it again. I have favor. He is with me. I am blessed. You want to say it one more time? Let's say it one more time. Say, I have favor. He is with me. I am blessed. Now praise him for about five seconds like you actually believe that. The angel doesn't... The angel doesn't come to Mary and say, if you pray enough, favor's going to come on you. That, that, would, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because sometimes we have this thinking that if I pray enough, then God will come and good things will come my way. That's not what the angel says. Regardless of whether you pray or not, the favor of God is upon your life. Your prayer life activates what's already on your life. 
But if you get caught up thinking that you've got to try and earn for and somehow work for the favor of God, you'll get get caught up thinking that the favor of God has something to do with you. It's nothing to do with you or anything you've done. It's everything to do with the price that Jesus Christ has paid and it's received by grace. It's grace received by faith. Say, I have favor. You're highly favored and God's with you. Sometimes the more and more I look at scripture and the more and more I just study the word of God and grow in the things of God, I've learned now to appreciate the more simple things in scripture. I've learned more and more not to get so caught up in, 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 in all of the different new things. And God is constantly revealing new things to us. But for me, I found in my life more often than not, sometimes it's just the simple things that give me the strength in difficult times that I can stand on simple things like simply the fact that God is with me. I'm not doing it alone. Even though sometimes I may feel like I am, I'm not. I have favor, he is with me, and I am blessed. Every single one of these words are present tense. I have, he is, and I am. The enemy would try to tell you that you don't, he's not, and you aren't. We have to receive this. This is a promise. This was what the angel came and declared over Mary. Because the angel knew what the future was going to look like. The angel knew what was about to unfold in Mary's life. And basically, I'm paraphrasing, but what the angel is actually saying, is saying, listen, things are about to get a little bit crazy, but I want to give you a little nugget that you can hold on to. And it's a promise from God through crazy times. And if you hold on to this problem, you will hold on to this promise. You will withstand any problem that may come your way. And the promise is I have favor. He is with me and I am blessed. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 tells us that for by grace we have been saved through faith. Why do I get you to repeat these these little slogans, these little little catchphrase things? It sounds like it should be on a bumper sticker or something. It's it's these little because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get it in your spirit. Because if I can get it in your spirit, maybe you'll believe it and you can only receive what you're prepared to believe. That while these seem like little catchphrases, if you would actually believe it by faith, the word says, by faith, through faith, I'm sorry, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. It's been given to us. And we guess we miss out so much on So often we miss out on the things that God has poured out upon our life because we're so busy trying to earn something that's already been paid for. I'm not trying to earn the favor of God. I have the favor of God upon my life. I don't deserve it. I didn't work for it. It's upon my life because that's how good my God is. And so the angel comes and speaks this promise declares the promises of God over Mary's life. And this, this promise to Mary was such a powerful thing that she was able to hold on to. How many promises are you holding on to? 
How many promises that you know and you've declared and received over your life that are keeping you afloat and walking you through difficult times? You've got to have these promises of God that you are holding on to in order to withstand the challenging times that the enemy will try and bring your way. See, too often we are trying to live off explanation rather than revelation. And what the angel is saying to Mary, in order to walk through this difficult time that's not going to make sense for you and would, if you didn't have a promise, cause you to freak out, you're going to have to have a revelation of who your God is and the fact that God has called you to this and he has a plan and a purpose for your life that goes beyond any challenge you're going to face or any confusion that's going to come your way. That I am favoured. That God is with me and that I am blessed. Notice, I love the wording. It doesn't say that you, you will receive a blessing. It says you are blessed. See, we get caught up in church thinking a blessing is something I get. Where the word tells me a blessing is not what I get. A blessing is who I am. And when I get a revelation of who I am, understand things are just a manifestation of the blessing that's already upon your life. And if you just think that blessing on your life means you get things, then you miss what God is trying to do and what God is trying to show you. But if you get a revelation that blessing is not what I get, blessing is who I am, you will begin to walk differently in your life and your faith won't be up and down dependent on what's going on or what you have or don't have, you will receive the promise that I am blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed despite what your bank account says, despite what might be going on in your life right now, despite the battle that might be in your mind, despite the difficulties in your family, there is a blessing upon your life. In fact, that's why the enemy is coming after you so hard right now. Not because it's personal. The enemy just hates the blessing that's upon your life and the hand of God that's guiding you and directing you. You've got to stir your faith and remind yourself, I'm blessed. Remind yourself. Self-talk. Tell yourself sometimes, you know what, you're blessed. Even though you may not see it. Faith is not in what I see or what I feel. Faith is in what the word of God tells me it is. And the angel said that to her, said, you're favored. The Lord's with you. And you're blessed because this journey that Mary's about to go on, we know it. We know the Christmas story. She's going from Nazareth. She's going to Bethlehem. It's a three-day journey. It's an 80-mile journey, not knowing. It's a crazy journey. It's a difficult time. She's with Joseph and and they're riding and they're going through difficult lands and they're going through places where, where robbers and thieves were known to rob people. It was a dangerous journey. It was unknown it was uncomfortable but Mary had a promise that she could hold on to that even though it was difficult between Nazareth and Bethlehem and then escaping from Bethlehem to Egypt to try and get away from the attack we uh, from the attacks of the enemy we we read this like it's a pretty journey you know and it paints nice with a little donkey you know little sandals come on Mary sitting side saddle little flowing. Come on, hair's flowing in the breeze. 
She's going through the Egypt. We paint it like it's this nice picture. Joseph is going on ahead of her. I don't know why I'm walking like this. It just, it just felt right, you know. It's the Christmas story. Three-day journey by donkey through the wilderness, not knowing what it's going to look like. Come on, you get to, you, you're going to put your baby, your newborn baby in a manger. It looks nice. This is a pig's trough. It's a difficult time. Let's not try and pretty up this situation like it's nice and would be easy to handle. This is difficult. That's why the angel came and said, you're going to need a promise because the plan's not going to make sense. And so they come and and so the angel delivers this promise. But this is what is so interesting about this story that we read. You have to understand that this declaration, this moment, this declaration that this angel has come to declare the coming of the Messiah, this is something that, 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 that they had been waiting on, that Israel had been waiting on. This had been prophesied some 40 odd times through the Old Testament. The coming of the Messiah had been prophesied. They knew the prophecies. Hebrew women knew the prophecies. They knew that the prophecies said that that the Messiah was going to come through a woman. They knew the prophecy said that the Messiah was going to come through a virgin birth. They knew the prophet said that it would be of the house of David, of the lineage of Abraham. They knew it. They had studied it. They had what what the Hebrew women, they would tell the story to the next generation. Get ready. It could be you. You're talking about 4,000 years from Genesis all the way through to Matthew. 400 years from the end of the Old Testament to the New Testament of expectation and of anticipation. Every time a Hebrew woman would fall pregnant, she would ask herself, is it me? Have I been chosen? Is this, is, am I carrying, and maybe am I carrying the, the, the Messiah? So you have this, this time where this expectation has begun to build and, and, and this expectation has become to generate. And, and, and then you have this moment where we read in Scripture where the angel appears to Mary. Now you've got to understand, this is Mary's moment. This is it. 4,000 years, the first prophecy of the Messiah came at the beginning of Genesis. 4,000 years of waiting. And this is the moment. The angel comes down. This is my angel wings that I'm doing right now. They're good, aren't they? Angel comes down. Gabriel comes down. Gabriel's been practicing this speech for 4,000 years. He's ready to roll. He comes down and he comes to Mary and he delivers the word to Mary. This is a moment. Her number's been called. Mary, come on down. The price is right. This is what every Hebrew woman had been praying for and waiting for. So this is her moment. And then the angel delivers the word to Mary. Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord's with you. Blessed are you among women. But look at her response. But when she saw him, she was troubled. Hang on, what? Isn't this what you've been waiting for? 
What do you mean troubled? Why is she not freaking out with excitement? When you look at the story, it doesn't make sense, does it? You think, come on, Mary, get with the program. This, there's an angel in your house telling you that you're going to birth the Messiah. This is a time to get wild. Get crazy. This is like, this is something to be excited about. Mary, she's troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Man, I can see Gabriel just absolutely disappointed at this point. Come on, this dude's been working on this speech for 4,000 years. Comes down and delivers it. And Mary's like, what manner of saying is this? You ungrateful. I've been practicing this speech. I'm telling you right now that you're carrying the Messiah and you're troubled. This, this, this is like when you give a gift to someone and you know that they don't like it. You know that feeling? You can't hide it, can you? You know that feeling when you give a gift to somebody? We're going to do it in a few days' time. And you know before God they hate it when they open it? Let me tell you one of the great telltale signs that someone hates the gift that you've just given them is when they unwrap it, look at it, and repeat to you what the gift is. Let me show you. You give someone a sweater, they unwrap it, they look at it, and they go, oh, wow. A sweater. They hate it. They hate it. This is this Gabriel's come to deliver this news. I, I this I, I sat on this for a while, and I kept praying, asking the Lord, and I kept searching, and, and it, because it struck me, and I wanted to know why. I wanted to know why Mary didn't grab this news straight away. I wanted to know why Mary wasn't in this place of celebrating. This is good news, Mary. This is a good thing. You are now a big deal. You are the mother of Jesus, God. You are God's mom. Like, come on, get happy. But you know what? As I began to look at it, suddenly it hit me. Because what they had been leaving for, time had just continued to roll on year after year. Where what she had believing for, she had now forgotten. She had forgotten what the prophecy said. She had forgotten what she was once believing for and what she was once praying for and what she had dream of, of being called to and what the Lord had stirred within her heart and what those prophecies were. One day she had forgotten. This stirred my heart because I began to think about how many people that have put the dreams on the shelf just because it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen. And you've forgotten what it is to pray for that. And you've forgotten what it is to believe for that breakthrough. And it's just too much time has transpired. And now your moment is right there in front of you. But you're so caught up in what hasn't happened that you cannot receive what is in front of you now by faith. That you've gotten discouraged across the years. 
She didn't know. She didn't know the prophecies. So much so, the prophecies that had been talked about, that were continually talked about amongst the Hebrew women, she has forgotten. She does not know anymore. She does not understand anymore. And so much so that she says this to them. In Luke 1 and verse 34, when the angel begins to speak more and to unwrap the promise of God over her life more, Mary looks and then Mary says this, that Mary said to the angel, these powerful, powerful words, sister, the angel, how? How can this be since I do not know a man? God, God how are you going to do this? How are you going to use me? I have not known a man. She's forgotten the prophecy that says the very thing that's going to qualify her to be used by God, she thinks is the very thing that actually disqualifies her. Because the prophecy said that God was going to choose a woman that had not known a man. Some of the things that you think disqualify you from being used by God are the very things that actually qualify you to be used by God. We get so, and keys can come, we, we get so caught up in coming to God and showing God all of the things that we're so good at. I do this sometimes. I, I come to God and I present God with all of my gifts and all of my abilities, and all of the things that I'm really proud of, that I feel confident in, and I bring those before God, somehow I think I get caught up almost like I'm trying to impress God with gifting that came from Him in the first place. It's weird, isn't it? It's a weird thought, but I think so many of us are like that, and we take all of our weaknesses and all of our screw-ups, and all of our mistakes, and all of the things that we're not so good at, and we, we sort of push those aside. Because typically, we are trained in society to push forward the things that we are great at, and hold back, and hide, and cover the things that we are not so good at. The things that we think disqualify us. The problem is, is we have now embraced that into our walk with God. And we're coming before God, trying to show Him, saying, God, you could use this. I'm good at this. You could use that. I'm good at that. You could use this. I'm good at that. But the Word tells us that His power is not made perfect in my strength or my gifting. His power is made perfect in my weaknesses. God says, I don't need your giftings because I gave you them in the first place. I need you to bring to me those things that you're not so good at. I need you to bring to me those weak areas of your life that you keep hidden because that's where my power is. My power is attracted to your weakness. His power, the very thing that she said, the very reason she thought that she could not be used was the, reason, the very reason that God was going to use her. 
How have you disqualified yourself from the call of God? Thinking I've gone too far. I've made too many mistakes. God's looking for someone that's not going to battle with that. God's looking for someone that doesn't have this in their past and this in their background. God's looking for someone that hasn't gone through what I've gone through. No, no, no. That's the very people that God is looking for. He loves to take broken, beat down, screw ups. Come on, that's all we are. And he loves to build them up because he knows that he can trust a good old screw up. Because when the screw up gets built up, we're not going to be able to take glory for ourselves. Because we know that it was nothing that we did in the natural that got us to where we are. He knows that the more messed up, I wish I had a couple messed up people here this morning that were okay to be honest before God and give God praise because you know that if it was not for the goodness of God, you would not be here this morning. I wish you would take about 15 seconds and get rid of that Sunday little Christianese attitude and give your God praise because if it was not for Him, we would not be here. I know it's age it's a, it's it's an age old message. Sit down real quick, I'm nearly finished. I just want to give you this last little thing. It's, 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 listen, I'm not trying to preach something you haven't heard before. But sometimes I think we get so good at doing life, we sort of get out ahead of God a bit. When, when, the, when the Israelites, and God said to Joshua, get the Israelites and pick up the Ark of the Covenant because I'm going to take you to a place that you don't know. And the instructions to the Israelites was when the Ark of the Covenant moves and the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. He said, tell the Israelites to get in behind the Ark and follow the Ark Because the ark is going to lead you to a place that you don't know. I think what happens is sometimes we get, we get pretty good at stuff. And we see God bless us a bit. And we start to get a bit of favor. And we start to say, okay, okay, favor of God. I'm blessed. I said that. Okay, here we go. And that's all good. And that's great. And that's amazing to experience it. But make sure you don't get out ahead of the ark. You got to stay in behind the presence and say, God, yes, I know I'm blessed. I know you've poured out upon my life. I know your hands upon my life, but I'm not so dumb stupid that I'm going to get out ahead of this ark and start thinking I can do this thing on my own. I'm going to stay in covered by your presence every single day saying, God, I need you. I need your touch. I need your guidance. Because this was what Mary said. And this, I love it. I love it. I love it. After all of this stuff that he said and all of these things that are declared and these promises that are spoken over her life. Man, if I had an angel show up in my bedroom and tell me some of the things the angel said to Mary that day, I'd be pulling my shoulders back and ready to go take on the world, but not Mary. This is what I love about her humble heart. She looks at the angel and she says, How? 
I receive everything you're telling me. I receive that I'm favored. But how? How am I going to do this? Man, there is so much power unwrapped in that one word. How? Never get to a place in your life where you stop asking God, how? Never get to a place in your life where you start waking up in the morning thinking, I'm good, God, I've got this. I'm gonna go and do what I wanna do. No, no, no. You gotta wake up every single day and look your God in the face, in the presence of God and say, God, how? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna raise these kids? How am I gonna grow this business? How am I going to keep my mind free? How am I going to beat this addiction? Because the answer came not long after that from the angel of the Lord. When Mary asked the question, how? The angel said, the Holy Ghost. How am I going to do it? The Holy Ghost is going to come and strengthen you. How am I going to walk this day out and do what God's called me to be? The Holy Ghost is going to pick your arms up and take you to do the things that you could not do on your own. How? We cannot get so good at doing life that we stop asking Him. How? How am I going to do it, God? I ask Him that every single time I come to preach. I know you've given me a word, but how? What's so powerful about that word is how. How is that place where we're at the end of ourselves? And the beginning of Him. When I'm at the place where I'm saying how, I'm saying to God, I can't do this on my own. Some of you need to start stepping out more and asking how a little bit more often. You would see God's power outworked in your life like never before. How am I going to do it? The angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and the Holy Spirit's going to, look at this, overshadow you. That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds, overshadow you. Sounds nice. Shadow's going to come. And little fluffy doves. and Maybe a butterfly or two. And we forget that a shadow means I'm in the dark. But you know what's powerful about the dark? Studies show that your hearing is heightened when you're in the dark. So when you're in a dark place, you're in the greatest moment to be able to hear the voice of God and the direction of the Holy Spirit in the dark. Because sometimes walking empowered by the Holy Spirit, it feels scary and it's walking into the unknown. But I want it, and I'm going to close, I promise. I've still got a minute, 40 seconds, though. That's all right, isn't it? Come on, I did okay, didn't I? I mean, I, I didn't push the clock too much.
you are about to step into the unknown in 2019. The Holy Spirit told me, and I don't do this often, but the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that in 2019, you need to get ready to expect the unexpected. That unknown things are about to come your way. That that both means both good and bad. I'm not prophesying doom and gloom. But maybe some unknown attacks are going to come your way. But it's okay because as you declare the goodness of God over your life and the fact that you are blessed, you're going to overcome every single left field battle that's going to come your way. But on the other, on the other side of every unknown attack, there is unknown, unexpected blessing, favour and provision for your life that you need to start to get excited now and start to, I felt like God told me to tell you this, it's time to get ready now. It's time to get your spirit ready now to get ready to embrace the unknown, the unexpected that God is about to position you for in 2019. And it's gonna be scary. It's gonna be crazy. But on the other side of it is the greatest blessing that you have ever encountered. You've just gotta continue to ask Him how. In Jesus' name, you receive that over your life. Let's stand right across this room. I want to pray. I'm three minutes and 27 seconds over. But there's grace in the house of God. Raise your hands right across this room. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. Even right now, As we close this service, I feel just the Holy Spirit just doing things in hearts. Some of you that feel like you're in a dark place, the Lord, I feel right now, is reminding you, just simple, that He's with you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And you're going to come out of this dark place with a greater revelation of the presence of God in your life than ever before. And right now, right across this room, before I close this service, there's people in this room right now. And you would say, Ben, I don't have a relationship with Him. I don't know Him. The word know in the Bible speaks of a, an intimacy. I don't know Him. Maybe you've come to church. Maybe you have a Bible at home. Maybe you can even sing some of the songs. But do you know Him as your personal Lord and Saviour? Right here in this room, right across this room. If you're here in this room and you'd say, Ben, that's me. I do not know Him. I want to know Him in my heart. Right across this room with every head bowed and every eye closed. That's you. You say, that's me. I want you to raise your hand right where you are, right across this room. There's family members that have been invited and God guided your steps to be here this morning, to hear this message, to respond this morning. You say, that's me. That's me. I don't know him. I don't know him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You say, that's me. I don't know him. I need to know him. I need to know him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray with you right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and as my Saviour. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me 
to wash me clean and to make me new. I wanna know you as my personal Lord and Saviour. I close the door to my past and I open the door to my future. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Come on, can we give God praise? Come on, give Him praise. He's an awesome, awesome God. Listen, this is what I want to do. Every person that prayed that prayer, I would love to invite you. If you would move out of your seat when I close this service in 30 seconds, there's going to be a team of people across the front here, our prayer team that would love to pray with you. They've got a little something that they want to give you. I also want to invite those of you that are perhaps you're going through something and you just want someone to partner with you. You just need someone to pray with you. You don't need to to, to divulge all of the information and all of the details. You just need someone to say a prayer over you and partner with you. Our team would love to do that. You also can come forward. But let me pray real quickly before we go out. I pray, Lord, bless people this morning. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it'll do what it's set out to do. I pray that they would be encouraged by your word. I pray that they would be stirred, Lord God, to go into this week. Lord God, to go into this season of Christmas. Lord, and I declare that they are favoured. I declare that you're with them. And I declare that they are blessed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. This week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.